ready? I'm ready. Yeah. Someone's ready. Brian, you look ready. Super ready. Welcome to Driving While Awesome. My name is Warren. I'm Brian. I'm Lane. I'm Phil. And I'm Art. Weird. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We had an extra name in there. That's weird. <laughs> yeah. Brian, what's going on? <laughs> oh, that's Phil. Okay. <laughs> it's not awkward at all. <laughs> uh, Phil is joining us, and he is the, what do we say, creator? Yeah. yeah. Uh, founder, CEO, and do you get to be anything else? He's like the venture capitalist for it, too. I'm um, toilet cleaner. Of uh, BRZO Craigslist search app. By, right. by Jim Kana or what is your name? Oh, what is it? Hakungala. Oh, Hakungala. Hakungala. Yeah. We, yeah. we need to get into that. Just that alone. I need to know <laughs> the origins. But uh, first, maybe we'll answer some questions from Instagram. Sure, why not? Let's just bust right into it. Let's just, oh, wait. Let's just go for it. Yeah. None, of, our, none of us banter. No crap. need to sit in or sit down, strap um, in, none of that. So here we go. Uh, this is from Facebook, Paul uh, Rothenberg. He said, hey, guys, I have a question for you. Cruise control, yes or no? Would love to hear your answers to that. <laughs> so let's a round table. Cruise think, control, yes or no? Uh, by the way, I think I'm responsible for that question. With oh, my, really? With my like hatred of oh automated of things bullshit in mm-hmm. cars, that now he's like assuming that you don't even want cruise control. Yeah. So what I, do you guys think? I love cruise control. I love simple cruise control. It's yes. Okay. Single syllable answer. Yes. Talk yes. closer to the mic, Phil. Yes. <laughs> Phil. We Phil just says went, yes. We, uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Phil says yes. I just gave Phil a lesson. And he, right off the bat, already forgot. Okay, I'm not going to look at you anymore. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, so starting there, uh, yes to cruise control. Um, Simple is great, but uh, I also like adaptive cruise control, which is great if you have a shitty, like, traffic-y commute, which I have in the i3. So that's rad. Like, it just you basically set a speed, set a distance of the car uh, between you and the car in front of you, and forget it. That's awesome. Oh, you get to set the distance? You set so the can distance. you say, like, tailgate this motherfucker? You can say, yeah. well, I mean, it doesn't allow you to get that Within close. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I used to have 550 that had that. It was oh, amazing. Rad. So isn't the worst thing about it the rubber band effect? Because it always gives oh, then it, it always to, yeah. gives room for a car to squeeze in, so then you basically can con- you're constantly kind of like going back. Yeah, but you're you're in a different mindset. You're like yeah. ah fuck it. You're cruising. Yeah, you're cruising. Like yeah. truly cruising. Okay. But it can be problematic though, because like let's say that if someone cuts you off, or, like you know they're too close to you, then the car slows down very aggressively to actually compensate, mm-hmm. which does get annoying. But but uh, like driving on 280, like I remember that happened to me regularly yeah. on the drive home. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I like cruise control. Does yours do the steering as well? It does not do the steering, but I imagine it will be uh, implemented at some point because it's all software updates and shit. So I remember driving an i3 back in the day that did have that. Maybe that was like a Euro edition one. Way I back see. in the day. The old i3 days. The old i3. Back <laughs> okay, okay. You BMW. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It just, well, that, that makes sense. It's probably a software thing because it's all it's elect- electronically boosted. Uh, it is rack and pinion, but I wouldn't be surprised. Like, actually, um, like, you know, some like six months ago, I all of a sudden noticed that when I, tur- when I put my turn signal on and I begin to turn the steering wheel, the mirror tilts out. And I didn't do anything. It was, mm-hmm. a, it was just updated. So, Whoa. Yeah, they just... That's crazy. Yeah, it's pretty trippy. So I wouldn't be surprised if they incorporate the whole line thing or the lane recognition nice. or whatever um cruise control is fine i don't i don't really use it i don't think i know a lot of people i really never like use that. it who I've, say that i, I, don't I, use I think it. i use it on i've used it as like occasion. a toy like 10 times in my life was, highway five yeah no yeah. never use it why really? i don't so know nice i just don't oh. you don't have it in your 944 i do wow crazy <laughs> does it work yeah does it work? i mean it just seems I like think so yeah 
Or in the early 80s, it seems like yeah, yeah. Know, too it's early. Saver. It's a leg saver. They had cruise control in the 50s, right? Like, I remember like old Chevy, seeing oh, old yeah. Chevys with cruise control. And yeah, I, I use it. I'm um, a huge fan. Like after I would, when I would get a speeding ticket on the commute to work, for use cruise control like every day oh, after highway that. One. I would, yeah, and I would just play with it. Like highway one, yeah, going up. Uh, that's like a perfect opportunity. And I'd do 64 miles an hour, you know, just one, you know, nine <laughs> miles over the speed limit or whatever. Um a cool thing with cruise control is cruise control with a manual transmission feels super weird. Why? Why? I don't know. It's just like when you have the gears, like, hmm. you know, you're the one, when you're in an automatic, it makes total sense. It can, it can slow you way down and shift down gears. And yeah, everything. but you're but when usually you're in a manual, using it on I was, highway, at highway speeds when you're in a tall gear anyway. Yeah. Right? So, Last time I was, I was surprised when I was able to put it on. I think it was in the 190E that has it or something. Well, I'm sure your BMW has it as well. Yeah. The 30 has it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There you go. The mini, the van again. Yeah, I think um, every car <laughs> since. Uh, when I was but, in Hawaii, I had cruise control all throughout the island on twenty five, and you could just kind of like look around, <laughs> yeah. talk to people, wow. talk to people, think about but, stuff on the. But screen. then, how about when it changed to like forty five abruptly and then back to twenty five? Yeah, abruptly? this is just on like the far end of Kauai, and you're just going these like super slow roads, yeah. and it's twenty five. So you just I and speak, as slow as it would go. Speaking of the changes, so on Highway One, if you're going up. It's what, like 55 miles an hour. Then you go through Davenport just for yeah, a second. 45. And so I would play this game where I'd be at like 64 miles an hour and then I would shut off cruise control yes. early enough where without touching the gas pedal, I would slow down to 45 through Davenport yep. and then I would press it right when I was in Davenport yeah. oh, and it would to accelerate. start speeding up out of, to 64 and yeah. you could, you're, you're, you were speeding through the end of Davenport. But okay, not you enough pull to this man. I never had to touch the pedal. I'm not sure if the listeners will appreciate this, but when you're going Highway 85 South and you're going to get on the 17 to go to Santa Cruz, there's a there's like an uphill 90 degree right yep. turn. Yep. And I have cruise control on every time, and I try to turn it off with the amount of time for the car to slow down nice. on its own, down no brakes, downshift, downshift, and then go back and hit it again. Nice. So that's the goal. Is like, nice. How long can I hold cruise control and then shut it off? Yeah. Oh, you guys, I like it. You guys play with cruise control a lot. I know. We have a lot of questions. I have more, too. And that was our first. Yeah. The second part of his question is. Oh, no, um, no, no. He's already got He said a few podcasts ago, um, you guys talked about regular cars to get giddy over. Why not a Murano Cross Cab or Veloster Turbo? Such weird and happy cars. We do get And I think Murano, we, I, yeah. I swear we said Murano. You did say it. I'm pretty sure you That did. is a car I yeah. get giddy over. Yeah, yeah but not and a I think Warren agreed with me. Yes. Like, yeah, I'll go out of my way to go, like, kind of see one if I... Oh, hell yeah. Like, across the parking lot, I'm driving by, I'm making that U-turn and I borderline, <laughs> get another... I, I borderline want one. Veloster now. <laughs> Who has one of those? What would make you choose that car? No one. No, it terrible. was cheap. Or I don't, I don't was it, though? I don't think that was No, no, I'm saying they probably discounted the hell out of them. Can you get a... Veloster and then put a Raptor. Maybe a Veloster Raptor. Raptor. Sure. Good. You can write that on there. <laughs> <laughs> you can get the letters at uh, AutoZone. Yeah, one trip to AutoZone away. Um, he also, in a, in a yesterday, this is like from a month ago, bit, by the way. Um, yesterday, he asked, uh, hey, guys, I have a question for the next podcast. I have an 07 Mini S with 29,000 mile, 29, miles on the odometer. Jesus. Um, Drive it. In 20 years, would you all personally rather see a completely stock car or have tasteful, drivable mods? Weight reduction, lightweight wheels, tire suspension, intake exhaust for crackles and pops, etc. I like period correct updates. 
Okay. Warren like, hates it all, right? Well, no. What? no, no. <laughs> Wait, no, because you bought that 528. Yeah. Uh, and that had period updates, like the fog lights. Yeah. And it was pretty subtle, the wheels, though, right? No, wheels were stock, but um, it was lowered. It had Bilstein's and and that was cool. And dealer installed fog lights, but I don't know if anything else was done. So dealer installed antenna. Yes, power antenna. Yeah, yeah. Which it's like interesting. I had a E twelve as well back in high school, and it was lowered, and it had. Uh, what am I thinking? I can't remember the name of the company, but it was some tuning company over in the East Bay. Okay. And it had, you know, different intake and exhaust, but it was period correct. And I, that was pretty okay. That I'm, uh, that I'm fine with. Yeah. I think that I'm fine with. But I think too much, like that that list is too long for me. I agree. Yeah. 20,000 miles, 25,000 miles, it seems like you already have that good stock one. I don't know. I don't what know. pushed it overboard? So what was it? It was wheels, the wheels exhaust, probably. and suspension. Is that all you said? Intake. 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 Well, it's, it's 2016 right now, and that's a 2007. Yeah. So you're not going to get period correct. So he's saying 20 years from now, yeah. what would look better to you as like a pers- you know a prospective buyer of that car? Yeah, I think I would like because it's going to be period mods, right? And and you're going to find stock ones. I mean, because they they made so many of them, I think they're going to be readily available. So I I think it would be pretty rad as long as they're Wait, tasteful. I mean, as long what, as they're tasteful. Yeah. What as wheels as would you buy that would be period correct? You can't do it. BBS. Uh, what wheels would you buy that would be some Ankies? Uh, BBS is yeah. a good answer. BBS, OZ is that the first series of Mini or is that the second one? Oh seven is the first of the second, I believe. I hmm. mod the hell out of it. it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. That's still the supercharger, right? I thought so. Yeah, that's still first. Well, for isn't an it? S, I think the S was still made in 07 as a supercharger. Yep. It's like that crossover. You could get the new base, but mm-hmm. the S wasn't. Ours is an 06, and it's the first gen still. Dude, today I, I wanted to make a U-turn so badly over a double solid yellow. Just to take a picture of this car. It was a, a 91 16-valve GTI, but it had a, a period gold BBS RAs, and it had um, some sort of like ground effects body kit, but I, I don't know what it, it had, like the, the strakes and shit in it, and I was like, ah, it was super clean, too. It was white, mm-hmm. and it was like so 90s, you know? I mean, it might have, must have been like a new speed body kit or something, Yeah. and um, I just, you know, I, I, I missed it, but yeah. I thought you guys would have dug, dug it. Hell yeah, I mean, dude. There you Come go. On. Cross that double yellow. Don't be afraid. Cross that double yellow. <laughs> Dedication. Those side strakes are so ugly, though. So yeah. yeah, they're terrible, but you... they're just kind of cool in a weird way. Right? Yeah, in a like, weird way. Like, like the cool Zender body though. kit. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. So bad. So we have, we have another question. Uh, this is from Facebook. Um, he says, first off, I love the podcast and Instagram feed. This is from Travis Hilton. Keep it up. Secondly, I have a question. I'm graduating in December with a finance degree. I am faced with a choice of either, one, becoming a money manager where I make little money the first five to ten years, or two, find a way to marriage my finance skill set with cars in some way. 2A, do you have any ideas on a career that would fit my love for cars and finance skill set? 2B, does a job in the car industry ruin your love for cars? For instance, does a hobby that is a job ruin the hobby? I've, I've I mean, wondered the same simple. thing myself. I mean, yeah. we, yeah. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. If you really boil it down, if you're like grinding and working on cars or whatever it may be, um, that's not going to help your hobby. You know, you're, you're going to get home and be kind of burned out on cars. But I guess it depends on the job. At the same time, the at the racetrack, 
there's like two groups of people. There's the people who run a shop and build their race cars, yep. and then and they seem like they're having a great time, and a lot of times they're up front in mm-hmm. front of the pack. And then there's the rich guys who are maybe a little bit older even, and they've uh, you know they've got super high paying jobs that they can just like spend their money racing. Yeah, and I don't know, like both are having fun. I think. So the first part of this question is. Uh is there a job for finance that has to do with with cars? Is there a way to marriage those two? And then his question: I wonder is, where he lives. I don't know. And he said he was going to make very little money for five to ten years. This sounds like an awful, it's kind of awful a long time. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's kind of a long time. Kind of, yeah, yeah. <laughs> ten years. Um, I know that you could probably do something like work for Haggerty as like an area rep, and I don't know, some sort of insurance, maybe. Yeah, finance, money. Yeah, and sort yeah. of in cars. When I left university, I went to go work for a venture capital firm, and I was a finance manager for a oh. advertising company. Dude, why did you let us even answer? <laughs> over here just quiet as hell so uh so here's here's what i'd recommend is go do the most risky thing you can possibly do do something that makes you want to throw up and that's where you will be the most successful and if you're not wanting to throw up every day then you're probably getting bored and you should move on and find something different dang what that's is advice, mean? Yeah. Like you're disgusted by your job or you're just overwhelmed more like you know you have butterflies in your stomach and you're like i don't know if that's the right thing to do and you're like, yeah go for it and then you just go for especially it. at that age yeah. with like yeah. nothing like no baggage yeah. right yeah. yeah so i i can answer the second part of that question as well so i used to work for auto manufacturer german one you have many of the <laughs> logos on your wall yeah um, yeah and uh, i worked for them in the bay area yeah yeah. <laughs> oh, that's not German. No, no <laughs> um, and, you know, at the end of the day, I was always going home and reading autoblogs and jalopniks and trying to find some car to buy and all that stuff. I think it depends on what you're doing in that world. That's true. You know? Yeah, I, I think, yeah, that is a good so, so here's the, you know how, like, the... The home builder always has the shittiest house. Yeah. Or the plumber. And the mechanic has the crappiest car. And the plumber yeah. has, you know, whatever. It's, it, there's that. Because you get home, you don't want to do the fucking plumbing. You're, yeah. You're sick of it. So right? you don't want to do the same thing. But, and I, I find that in my world a little bit. Um, like my partner and I at my, my work, yeah, you're, uh, we you're both in, have the same thing. We're, we're in a. You're in soft porn. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, can you go home and you definitely do not want to have soft so, porn sex. My yeah. partner and I. Yeah. So, no, but basically we work with like super high end exotic cars and which was a, a, alluring to me like way back in the day, you know, 10 or before 10 years ago. Yeah. I was like, oh man, how would it be to drive a GT3 RS or a Lamborghini Gallardo or whatever, name your supercar. And then now it's like, we're both like, you know, whatever. Get those you know, away from Get me. those things away. Like, who cares? And he's obsessed with R107SLs. And I like anything that isn't something, ex- you know, exotic well, or even new. Yeah. Like, I, I'm more attracted. You know, yeah. I see a Datsun 510. I'm like, oh, shit. Look yeah. at that Datsun. You know, I could care less about the Aventador. I totally agree on the age of the vehicle. Uh-huh. So, like, all the new cars of that company, I'm totally not into. Yeah. The old cars, totally into them. Yeah, yeah. And I was always searching. It was part of the reason I did some software work to make an app. And it was always like that was what I was doing. I was trying to find some so car to you buy. Were, and go play. You were a tech guy. Yeah. For a company that was like basically making tech, their cars were more technic, like into that. 
I don't know. They're more. Let's just say uh, I was making them more technical. Yeah, even more technical. Yeah. And you're looking at BMW 2002. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trying to find. So it's kind of the same. E12. It's kind of the same thing. Yeah, same thing. Yeah. You've seen what the sausage is made of. Is that, uh, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're kind of like. But you're uh, still into cars. Oh, for sure. That's the thing. You yeah, just pick sure. a yeah. different subset. But like I'm saying in your case, Lane, that you were, you know, drawn to that exotic world. Uh-huh. And then you've kind of like seen it all and kind of, yeah. you know, felt it. And then you're like, yeah, forget it. Yeah. It's like before I worked there, I had my 996, which was pretty new. And then I sold it thinking I was getting a 996 Turbo. That was my big reason for selling it i was like oh i just want to move on to a turbo and then i got that job and i was like eh. and then you know and then, yeah and then i go buy 944 like my high school car so Actually, that, that's what got me into the jag as well uh-huh it's like the complete opposite of my day job but it was still car related what kind of jag is that that was a 61 XKE. Uh, that's actually been featured on your guys's youtube yeah check amazing it out amazing great video Better car. Yep. Super early, right? Flat bottom. Flat yeah. floor. Yep. It's uh, it was one of the first two hundred in the country. Wow. Um, one of the, one of the worst car. One of the worst XKs. Therefore, <laughs> it's the most valuable. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, talk about like, what's the opposite of not ergonomical? Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like you can't fit in it. It's really the pedal box is too small, but yeah. but it is the most valuable. If you're five eight. Yeah, you have you know very short arms. You'd be good to go. <laughs> yeah. That's the way it always is with cars, right? So summing up that question is actually kind of hard. Like it, it's kind of pretty in some, Like in some ways, uh, you know, you working at MA Carbon that uh, enhances like what you can do in the automotive world. Like you yeah. guys are buying cars, you're dealing with them every day. The stuff that you deal with with your customers isn't necessarily what you're into. Mm-mm. But I'd say it. Working there allows you to be more involved in the car culture oh, and, totally. and what you want to yeah, do. Yeah, and I don't think, like, to answer his question, and like Phil said right off the bat, he's like, no, it doesn't, because I go home and I'm on Autoblog or yeah. whatever, and I'm the same way. Like, I'm, I'm, if anything, I'm more into cars now than I ever was, but it's just a different yeah. kind of thing, right? So the, t- the, the only two, like, bits of advice that I have are, well, the first one is in terms of actually getting a job. I think you don't, you have to think about it from a different angle. For example, working for, like, a, I mean, I'm going to say a publication or any kind of automobile organization or automotive-related organization, but as someone with, with a finance degree, he could, be, you know, maybe get become a CPA or something or work in the accounting as part of the finance team, but he's still involved in in the automotive space. And so he's going to be exposed to it. He's going to have access to events, like all of those things, right, that are going to give him the exposure that he wants and still be involved in the the community or whatever, right? So there's that. Um, Vague, but, you know, I mean, that's... No, that makes a lot of sense, yeah. Uh, And the other thing is that just from friends that I know that work at dealerships, don't do that because uh, it is... The people that typically work at a car dealership are not car people at all it seems there's just like i just need a fucking job these they're sleazy salesmen sales ladies and they just they don't give a shit you know they just want to get a paycheck and will hustle people and, and it's really bizarre like just like hearing stuff like secondhand from people it's like that i know that we know that work there is nuts so to add to that in the automotive repair world the same is true where more than half of shop owners and even technicians are not car people they are wow. good at fixing cars. Yeah. They know how to fix them. They know what's wrong with them. But they're pretty sick of cars. Mm. They might drive like a Toyota pickup and not be into cars outside of that shop at all. Like, yeah. really, their whole thing is fishing or whatever. You know, their their real hobby is something totally different, but mm-hmm. they just happen to be in this world. So, yeah. Another thing I was going to say is maybe an auction company. If you're finance and oh, yeah. you can work for RM or 
something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Finance, you do have the option of being pretty separated from the grunt work. I mean, you, you don't have to be deal. you know, you're dealing in numbers and stuff like that. Like your hobby stuff is completely different. I, yeah. I don't see you getting worn out in the same way in a finance role that you would exactly taking apart for a Ford Taurus to change the cooling system. Yeah. Every day. Yeah. Lane, what do you got? Um, I got a couple questions that we didn't get to last week. So, um, Fonz the second asks, what do you guys think about the E23 735i manual as a daily for Florida? I want something with a sense of occasion, but also the wife will be okay with cruising for weekend trips. That's second gen? Seven? That's the one that that's, we don't like, right? That's yeah, like a, I, I, that doesn't do anything like for me. First, uh, first gen? Shape. That sounds hot. First gen. AC in those cars, at least in the E12, was gross. Oh, mine was good. Why well, 80, but uh, yeah, it was really good. Um, is that, I, mean, I don't know the first gen nomenclature. Is it manual or automatic? You say manual. Manual? Okay. Manual. Second gen manual is rad. They only came in a six cylinder. I think it was a, so E23 is the first gen. That's the. 80s. So the nice thing about those is uh, point of entry, you know, is very low. 1500 bucks, two grand for like a pretty nice one. Um, but they're ugly. Yep. They're pretty ugly. They are kind of ugly. They take a lot to get. Nice. Although that one at the O2 Fest or whatever was kind of cool. But it was lowered and, and it, was it had the, what, what, some kit on I it. I think it was right? Hartka. Or, Hartka. Yeah. yeah. But uh, that's a Euro. Special one. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I mean, you could definitely make a case for it. But the second one, you get that kind of more angular, aggressive. So look. here's my first, re- my first like reaction is he says, with the wife. And I, and I don't hear kids anywhere. Yeah. So why isn't he saying like E24 6 Series? 635 CSI. Yeah. And roll down all four windows, Brian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all four windows. Yep. Yeah. Does that no no B pillar. Yeah. I'm just trying to figure out why this the E23 has a sense of occasion at all. Like it doesn't seem like a very. Uh, yeah, it's old. It's an older car like that with a manual. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, how often do you see one? There's one across the street from my house with a collapsed oh, suspension. <laughs> one of these guys. Oh, it's no, got remember, it's got airbag suspension. Yeah. I have seen it from yeah. Art's window. It has a hist- historic vehicle plates or whatever. Oh, on there it. you go. Yeah, and it's, it's always Arizona. Arizona. But that's the only one you've ever seen. That's, yeah, pretty much. And it's it's not an attractive car. I mean, I don't know. I it's guess not. I have nothing to contribute here because I, I don't care for that car. No, but I think, I think if you're gonna get a car of that size of that generation, it's not gonna be a BMW. It's probably a Mercedes. Yeah. Well, that's a much sure. better option. But then you get to the if you want a manual, it's much harder to get that yeah. option. Yeah. Um, I go like it. I but mean, even, but your 6 like, series call so it's so good. Series. Yeah, I like your cruising series. automatic, you know, there's a million of those automatics out there. Oh, Who totally. Cares? Yeah. Swap it out. And he's in Florida. Wait, I mean. did you say swap it out? Well, no, 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 not not that swap. <laughs> Dude, like, Art could go and do it for you. <laughs> yeah, I got a guy. Dude, I can do it overnight. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I know I think E24 is a good call here for you get the sense of occasion like the they're not pillarless, but they're rad. Um, and it's a much better looking car. It's smaller, so if you don't need that room, and they're cooler looking. Yeah, it's cool. Right. I also think that it, that would appreciate more. That's than the true. Seven they're an appreciating asset. Yeah, yeah you're looking more. at a really long time yeah. before a seven series is going to appreciate. Yeah, I imagine like to be so trying nice. to decide if you're going to put money into that car. Right. Or not. Well, that's that's one of those cars where. It, say it is four Good grand. Point. You reach. You're like, oh, you have a four thousand dollar repair bill right yeah, now. Or ten. So or ten, right? <laughs> yeah. So you you have that ultimatum. Yeah, because you know they only made so many of these seven series. And you got to get a tail light lens. <laughs> yeah, eight hundred bucks or something. Yeah, and there's only so many remaining. Yeah. Whereas six series seemed way more. And popular. they were the most expensive cars. So you know, parts parts are that much pricier. You know, agreed. 
Is it unfair uh, for me to say just get a 5.0 convertible? Because he's in okay. Florida, I would. Because I would, he's in Florida, I would back that. Fox buddy, yeah. Mustang pony, <laughs> exactly. I was sitting there like, what kind of Mercedes is a five point oh convertible? Nope. I'm well, they didn't realize five hundred okay. SEL. Uh, yeah, it's a possibility. All right, next question um, uh, from Car underscore Door. What's your guilty pleasure? Nineteen eighties land yacht, be it American, European, or Japanese. I gotta have me a Chrysler Cordoba. Yes, and that fine what? Corinthian leather. Yes. What? So, <laughs> I th- you I... know the Corinthian leather <laughs> no. with uh, what's his name? George Montalban. Ricardo Montalban. My name is Ricardo Montalban. So they made up a term for their vinyl, and they called it Corinthian leather. It's fine Corinthian. <laughs> and then in a Cordoba, there's multiple years, but this is like a 75, the worst of them, worst ever, <laughs> had round headlights with like the square horrible body. Inside were these, they look like doubloons or some Spanish coin that they put all over the interior, door panels and headrests. So Cordoba coins. Yeah, it's classic. That's wow. nice, right? My friend Dave Lawrence had one, and we used to roll around in the Cordoba all the time. <laughs> That's pretty rad. <laughs> we could have Dave on and I know. talk about oh, that. Man, yeah, yeah speaking, we could ask him if it's uh, hurting his appreciation for cars, you know, working in a yeah, total, high-end oh, restoration shop. Into, I always bug him. I'm like, so too bad you don't like cars anymore because he's a truck guy. He has a, a diesel truck. That's a pretty dope diesel truck. It is about the raddest diesel truck you could have. It's still it's not he used to be in a cars yeah he had like he had low rider this is inside yeah. baseball right now all right it is, yeah. let's not go too deep yeah. but uh my i guess land yacht uh is cadillac always for me there's really no guilty pleasure i have many that i like but uh 80s land yacht you'd pick an 80s cadillac oh it's only 80s, only 80s. that's what he said yeah is that what he's saying? Mm-hmm. I think I'm sure you meet the spirit of the question. Yeah, he said 1980s. So I don't think Caddy's your no, answer. No, no, I'm still going rear wheel really? drive. Really? You're not going with your no, no, no. W126. Well, he's saying Japanese, American, Delaware. or did he say German? Yeah, European. European. Wait, American you're going one two six. See, I don't count that as a land yacht. It's a land. It's yacht. such uh, a land yacht. No, no way. What? I can have fun in. A SEL Mercedes, but in a Fleetwood, uh, my hands are gripped through that soft steering wheel so far. I don't think it's soft. I think it's. No, I've, I've been there. Is it really? Yeah, it's soft. It's like like an eighty year old woman with her pinky can <laughs> grab that thing. Yeah, and it's frightening. Everything about it. Okay. It's super loose. Super loose. Yeah. And that's sketch. what you're looking for. That's land yacht. See, I think this is one of those <laughs> like us being from where we are in California. We don't see a lot of those cars and never saw a lot of them. So yeah. they're not that familiar to us. Unless like all you these... hang out with Tom Idesmore and then he had two well, of them. I guess so. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But you know, all these, yeah. all these. Sure. If you go Midwest, that's like everyone's whatever body had gra- that. Chryslers and stuff. Yeah. Like, but I'm a Cadillac guy. Your Lincoln Mark 8s or whatever. Oh, man. Good one. Dude, I don't know. I, I'm not sure I know the exact model, but it's. I think it's a Caprice, the 80s cop ones that they always show. Like, yeah. They were in car chases and every 80s. Square, square, square one. Super square. Yep. With Blues the Brothers four one? square taillights. Blues Brothers one. Yeah. Is that a land yacht? Yes. Mm, kind of. That's not a, with the cop package. Mid-size land funny thing, funny thing about those cars is they're like cramped inside. Really? I mean, they're just the worst ergonomic design. You wow. know, it's this huge car and... 
it's not very comfortable. Side note, I remember uh, test driving one. Kevin Keat was going to buy one, and it was a cop one that they had, you know, was bought off an yeah, auction, and, and so white. it still had the plastic rear seat and the weird door lock <laughs> issues, and we drove it around, and it was pretty funny. Kevin was really close to pulling the trigger. That was at the same time when he was, we test drove a uh, Lincoln Continental. We've the, told the story. Okay, we have. But yeah, the pink one, yeah. A good land but that's not '80s, is it? No. Yeah, I don't have any '80s choices. I I I feel like I'm it's very hard not familiar with this. I'm pretty well, unfamiliar, but the Mercedes would be a. I mean, just, just from freaking uh, what's the one with John Candy when they are the Great Outdoors? Great outdoors. Yeah. And what's his name? Roman. Yeah, Roman yeah. pulls up. Exactly. Is Roman three or whatever is the license plate. <laughs> so exactly. Lips and assholes, Chet. <laughs> uh, I don't think he also says Japanese land yacht in the 80s. He like, does. Is that a Cressida? Yeah, the, the uh, maybe is, in the 80s, they kind of started shrinking all the cars, right? Yeah. yeah. Maybe like a Crown over in, I mean, in yeah, Japan. Or a Mazda 929. I would know. Yeah, a crown is an option. Uh, what about a, actually, there is also a small crown, like all the taxi cabs. It's called the tiara. Yeah, the tiara. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, dude? What were you saying, Brent? Uh, would a Chevy Suburban count? No. No. Land yacht? I mean, what's the definition of a okay. land yacht? Okay, 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 I got one for you. Big sedan. Okay. Bentley, Arnage, four-door sedan. Yes. Right. Oh, that's the turbo one. pretty turbo classic. R. I would actually Turbo R, yeah. The turbo R was in the 90s. Crazy over R on the turbo yeah. R. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. That's great. Or Phil so, did Rolls-Royce make something cool? I mean, whatever. I'm sure any Rolls, 80s. Yeah. 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 If sure. you dip into the 70s, I would say the, you know, the Eldorado convertible. There you go. Either white and red or red and white. Yes. Where you have the, like the, the freaking uh, horns on the front. Fear and loathing one, Fear right? and loathing, for yes. sure. Yes. Absolutely. With yeah. the big hubcaps. Lincoln Continental. Yeah. Mean, that's like the perfect, you know, car if you're going to go buy and pick up somebody and then take them camping because you just fill the whole back of it with beer and camping supplies. Because <laughs> the good. trunk can fit like seven bodies or whatever. Yeah. All right. Big old schlong asked. Is <laughs> he like 15 or what? Big underscore ol underscore schlong. <laughs> Can you just abbreviate that next time? Says, why are Volvos so annoying and why do I love them? I don't need to look in the mirror and ask the same question. They're not annoying. Why, I, I think he's wrong. <laughs> I don't, maybe he owns a lot of them and he's annoyed by them. I don't. Th I don't think we era? should take it for granted that they're annoying. I don't what think they are. Yeah, I don't think they're. I have no Volvo experience whatsoever, so I'll let, leave yeah. this one to y'all. I would love. I, I know. I would love me a seven forty turbo or a two forty. Yeah, wagon maybe. Yeah, oh, yeah. I keep no, saying Baritone seven sixty. <laughs> what about auto only though? Two forty DL isn't that like the quintessential? Oh, I just have art swap it. Oh, Why yeah. do we love them? Let's hit the second part. Why do we love them? Rear wheel drive. Built like bricks well, you or gotta, whatever. You got to preface that by saying 92 and earlier, or 93 and earlier. Oh, yeah. Well, it's, because it's driving while on some podcast. No, 90. Well, Drew's car is like a 97. His is the last of that yeah, yeah. going. But yeah, I mean, pretty, basically 93 is where the 850 came out. And Bulletproof, safe. Comfortable interiors, kind of rear face. Super seats. comfortable. Super best comfortable. Seats the new on ones. The, the new ones, but the eighties ones. Oh, the oh, best, best seats, seats in the planet. The They're like so couches. Yeah. yeah. Is it Corinthian level though? <laughs> no. Are there Cordoba coins? It's real leather. Oh, no. Corinthian coins. There's little moose turds. <laughs> <laughs> um, amazing turning radius. Oh, oh yeah, good so point. Good. Like very good point. Class, dude. Oh, that great shit as is surprising. Cars. Like, they're great. 
Just cars, you know, like driving people around, getting places. I know what a car is. I, yeah, lame. <laughs> They're great cars. But, you know, that's like one of the things, like when we talk about the PT Cruiser or something, it does the car thing awfully. Yes. Yeah. You know, it can't turn. No visibility. No visibility. Volvos of that era were just, yeah. like, spectacular. Like Jerry Seinfeld on one of his comedians in cars, I think he was with uh, Don Rickles or someone, and he had a Rolls-Royce silver seraph some huge 50s boat and he said it's a wonderful wonderful living room but it's a terrible car and you can't say a good living room about the pt cruiser that's no. just not I good for anything the, the one thing for volvos that has always appealed were the haunches where like mm. you look in the you rear view square mirror, off, yeah, yeah you just all you see is kind of like haunch out the rear and it was like oh, that's pretty cool well, you yeah. just named the podcast episode there you go. one super <laughs> weird thing about the there is like i always like I, I used to like if you see just like the the um the greenhouse like from afar it kind of looks like a 2002 like if it's a coupe if it's like, a i never thought that dude like i don't know i, I like just in the in, like in the distance and then once like it a giant the hulking 2002 yep. i don't know uh, how about just the fact that they're analog as hell the interiors, I mean, there's like four buttons. Yeah. One knob. There you mm. go. And they did that kind of like Porsche 911 thing or BMW. You know, oh, they like never, the same thing for a really time. They never really changed. Yes. You know, they just, right. they slowly, like, the formula. yeah, they fixed little things that needed fixing, but they didn't, they didn't like recreate the wheel or whatever. And how about the, uh, the door release from the inside? That's kind of special. You slide it back. It's that weird oh, little yeah, thing. Yeah. yeah. All right, yeah. I got a, a, all I got one here. Plastic um, breaks because it's all brittle. <laughs> <laughs> I got one here for minuscule phallus. I'm just kidding. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that art. Very all right, NPR review. You got more stuff in there? Hey, should we curb the BRZO stuff for the next yeah, one? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. all the BRZO questions for okay, the next one. Okay, okay, because I, I think that's a good call. <laughs> so stay tuned till next episode. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we're going to continue though with the other questions. Yeah, for sure. You got something. Mr. There? Red says best DWA approved tow vehicle for pulling a track car on an open trailer. Bill's I think, got some experience. I think we answered this I, actually. We did. I love the LR3. L- so really, you love it. So he yeah. wants a really reliable, unreliable British, <laughs> yeah, expensive, S- expensive SUV. I've had more unreliable trailers than I have had unreliable LR3. Well, right. trailers well, that's can not be a saying bitch, much. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah, trailers so highly engineered. Um, no, what, 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 why does it stand out for you? Why is it good? Uh, it's a 7,700 pound tow capacity. It's that's like pretty high. 7,500 bucks, and pretty much all of them are pretty well maintained, except for the really bad ones. And except for the really bad ones, <laughs> like the one I was next to, and it was like sounded like it was grinding itself. To, yeah, all to the death. ones I've worked on. Yeah, <laughs> don't they have like head gasket problems always? No, no, no. Those are the old. Is LR three a V eight? It's a V eight. It's a Jag V eight. So what's an LR? Yeah, what could go wrong. What's the difference between LR three and LR four? <laughs> You got me. Are, are they different? Or yeah, yeah that... they are different. Okay. So, like, the interior accoutrement is all a bit higher end. Yeah. The lights are different. Is it bigger, the LR4? No, it's the same size. Oh, so same car. Yeah, they just decided to move up market. And it's newer. Yeah. So yeah. they just changed it. They, it's yeah. the newer version of the LR3. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So our buddy Charles um, has an LR4 that he recently bought. They're super nice. I was hanging out with him the other week. And he he uh, brought his scout to town to Santa Cruz. I saw the video uh, on Drive Mall. Awesome. 
Yeah. So he brought his, uh, I don't even know what year, the early Scout with the flip-down windshield and yeah, everything. Super sure. cool car. All patinaed out, hipster, ready, you know, ready to hit up your local coffee cold, shop. Cold brew. Uh, ready to get that <laughs> cold brew and just kill it. Beards only. Yeah, for sure. And uh, so I got a ride in the LR4. We were cru- we cruised out, and I helped him unload the trailer and stuff. And he, he was, you know, he bought it for that reason, kind of like a family hauler slash tow vehicle oh, as I well. thought to go buy cold brew. No, no. Well, that too. <laughs> well, that's why you bought the, uh, the scout. scout. Oh, the but, scout. But uh, not the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you trailer the scout out there, the unloaded. Exactly. The coffee shop and drive it back. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and then when the when the Land Rover doesn't start, he can drive a scout. He just home. drives yeah. and then tow the fucking <laughs> yeah, and then yeah. put the thing on the trailer. It's like this whole thing. But it seemed like he 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 was uh, he was talking about all the squeaks and rattles in the interior and how he's really? just gotten used to them. Uh, my, oh, it's it's actually really nice. My, really? Yeah. And yeah. his is like a twenty. Okay, uh, I'll, twenty I'll preface this that, thirteen or yeah. something. So th- this has been a family car since new. Yeah, um, it was like one of the first ones in the country. But I do have a stack of receipts that totals about twenty five grand. Okay, <laughs> wow. And you bought it for seven and a half or something? No, I, no, was, you bought it new. I got it free. <laughs> You're saying they're available? Oh uh, yeah, uh, uh, you can get them dirt cheap. Yeah. I mean, yeah. all my experience in towing, the best. Anytime I'm towing and I have an option of like a diesel. Full size dually, with like a tow package, so it has the tranny cooler and you stuff don't even on the feel the trailer. Stable. It never yeah. pushes you around going downhill under braking. Uh, you can leave them running a long time if you have to do other shit. You know, like I yeah, don't I don't think your tow tri- your tow vehicle should be that interesting. I should, I think, it right. should just be well. You remember like, Ruben, capable and yeah, and, Ruben was asking about tow vehicles, and I was like, man, just go with like a diesel truck or even yeah. a. a a tundra and he's like no it's way too big i was like well you're too big no yeah yeah, it's nice that big remember i towed a 944 i had with a a a roommate had a dodge like full size and that was great yeah it was awesome it just like brian's talked about the sprinter diesel that yeah i borrowed the dually sprinter diesel with the high roof and kind of the long body and everything so awesome because i mean like you said like you didn't notice it at all (laughs) and i mean the other thing to think about is all the shit you're going to be carrying like it was really nice to be able to lock it up in a giant van overnight Mm. like by jack and all the tires and everything otherwise with the truck it's like it's just a pain in the ass like you bring stuff into a hotel room maybe or whatever so it's like a how about like a diesel suburban or something awesome those are pretty good yeah Yeah. well those are pretty hard to find though they are yeah even a gas one i mean you can tow with if you if you go to the racetrack there's a lot of v6 like pickups or SUVs that are yeah. towing. Like but if you're only towing once a month, like it's not that big of a deal yeah. if you're not going over to the grapevine or anything like that. But if you're towing an open trailer, you don't need a lot of vehicle. No, right. That's true. Yeah, right. That's true. Um, but yeah, you can overestimate. vehicle is huge yeah. because you just throw the shit in and I mean, lock it. It's nice. An RV like, would be the best, like a short RV because you but can sleep in it, But I think he's taking like driving with awesome options, like, you know, something a little cooler, like maybe a Land Cruiser uh, would be an option if you were at a light trailer. It is nice to have dual purpose. Like, yeah. like I would, like our Jeep Grand Cherokee, given it's not really the DWA option because it's kind of expensive, a newer car, but it's It'll nice. It'll kill you too. It's nice that you can, yeah, with the right, parking thing. I got thing. The, another option okay. for you is a Cayenne Turbo. Yeah. Oh, about sweet. 15K right now. Yeah. I tow the shit out of it. Really? Yeah. yeah. And they made a diesel. Yeah, I mean, if you're balling, you could get a diesel. Well, those are more expensive. They're, yeah. they're yeah. way newer. Yeah. Or how about just like, 
Cayenne S with a V8. I mean, that'll that'll tell. Yeah, but for like two grand, so you get the Torex. Sure, you get all sure, time sure. chain issues. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> being able to dual purpose, like where you actually get some benefit, where you can go off roading and have other fun driving adventures, is cool. Yeah. So if you could do it in yeah. that, or like I know some people were telling in Jeep Cherokees that were like really? the XJs or whatever, or like bulletproof, you can drive them forever. And there's the a million four liters, over. the high outputs. Yeah. <laughs> HO. Yeah. 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 Okay. That, that's an answer. We'll uh, that. I'll do the next one, I guess. Uh, rotational weight. Nope. 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 I'm going to skip that. I'm going to skip that. Uh, or no, this is relevant. Uh, so it's my question. <laughs> <laughs> For Phil, uh, what's a reasonable amount to spend on cars? What? <laughs> How is that a reasonable anything? So actually, I've had this is this is a question we we had, we talked about this on the podcast like six months ago. You can oh, go back later to that podcast. I just want to bring it up rumors. again now, now that Phil's here, though. You know, well, because we were talking about percentage, and Brian read some article, and he sent or oh, Phil yeah. sent us an article out, and it was like a percentage, but then we the argument we was like it couldn't be a percentage of your. Right. It had to be a percentage Lane, you're of your, your you're monthly income. It doesn't have to be complicated. I'm yeah. just asking well, the question. I think it's the most complicated question ever, actually. Yeah, it is. Because it depends <laughs> where you live. depends what you're, like... Hey, it, it, if I wanted your answer, I would have said right. Atlanta right. Skelton. Sorry. Phil, go for it. <laughs> so this is for Phil. For Phil. Okay. Um, I agree. It's probably the hardest question possible. <laughs> I think I put some parameters to it, saying that I work on all my cars. So um, taking it to somebody else to have it work on is not a, an expense that I calculate. So I, I tend to spend a bit more on getting a vehicle that needs a bit less major work. And then I just kind of fill in with the smaller projects. Um, I've heard, oh, God, 15% to 10% of your pre-tax income per year. I think that's what was in that article. Per, oh, per year? Per year. And that includes insurance, it's tax, title, you know, parts, everything. But I could be wrong on that. So that's if you make 100000 $100,000 a year. You're spending fifteen k, 15000 per year on a car. Yeah. 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 So okay, not not so, the buy-in. That's just maintenance. Well, that's just how much you spend. Keeping on it on total. So if you're yeah. financing it or whatever, right. you know that's yeah. all included. So gotcha. yeah. oh, so I'm like killing it in the car world. I'm spending like nothing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That that doesn't work when you live in like our area, either. Does it? Does it? I, I a bet, thousand. I bet most... You think you're spending over twelve hundred dollars a month on a or, on a car? With, on a single car with insurance and gas. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, this is with gas? Yeah, yeah, with gas, too. Operating. Yeah, it's like full, mm. full. This is operating a yeah. car. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I... Okay. And a car payment. I don't pay for my So gas. that's just food for thought. I just wanted to talk about that number again, because I think about it. It's nice It's nice to have a baseline of, like, well, what, what's, like, regular for spending money? So whether or not that's accurate... That was an article that you had read, yeah. also, that they were saying that this was reasonable or whatever. It's yeah. nice to know, be able to calculate where you fall. Like, I'm either saving money or I'm, you know, spending more, and that's okay because I'm into it or whatever. So the other one with that is you're saying it's a, for full operating. So if uh, Warren here works... A block away from where he lives, or ten blocks away. Which I can have a and sip then car. I work sixty miles away from where I live. I think I got a pay raise because I work sixty miles. You know, I'm making that much more money, but I'm. I think I'm you, allocating way more money towards my car, my my gas. I'm saying, yeah, 
Yeah, I know. So it kind of changed the variables. It'd be, it'd be interesting kinda, to know. Yeah. It's such How, a, if there, we calculate I, it out. I don't think there's a... It's impossible, almost impossible to have a a real calculation. Yeah, well, it's also kind of... There's, kinda, a, uh, there's a subjective element here in terms of, like, how much you value your vehicles, right? Like, exactly. I mean, what do you want to allocate your money to, right? Like, if, let's say you have... Because, you know, you, let's say you have money working for you and you have money set aside that's an investment outside of cars and you can afford to spend more on that and you yeah. have limited... And your disposable income just goes to whatever. You know what I mean? I don't know. It's like or how about, how about this one? Art buys a 993 which is going at least staying flat or going up in value. <laughs> yeah, that's tough. And so he's actually not spending no, $60,000. Yeah, he's, he's investing $60,000. Yeah. So is he really spending anything? Is it, Or yeah. is he allowed to buy another? So so here, here's my take on that article is that that's kind of like for the mass. Like if you're going to yeah. go buy a Honda Civic, yeah. you know, is it's, it's like talking to middle America. Basically. Yeah. It's like, how, how much should I budget? Yeah. Well, no. Yeah. I mean, which is, it's good to know. Like you compare yourself to the mass and that yeah. way, when you're going back to your wife and showing the calculations, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you're like, look, you're winning. Like if I'm going to buy a car, I'm going to factor in like the initial cost, the cost I'm going to spend on gas and insurance and then the depreciation over three years say i'm going to drive it uh you know thirty thousand miles and so if i buy a 993 right now uh and the depreciation it's actually going to go up in value over the span of thirty thousand miles like that's fair that's a fair argument that i'm winning compared to driving a honda civic where it's dropping down in value if i bought oh, a brand I mean, new yeah, yeah you're sure. winning like, on I, all so levels. i think that's a rad calculation yeah. to figure out and see how you can be and like for me with the uh mercedes 190e which um it was sold to me for nothing basically like you know if i can keep that going and i can compare myself to the cost of running my jetta over a span of a few years you know i can i know that i'm probably gonna have to dump a few thousand into the 190e but i'm still probably going to come out ahead yeah you don't have a monthly car depreciation. yeah right yeah and it's not so, depreciating yeah so, it's, it's fully depreciated yeah yeah so and then you also have the that we're on the west coast you know we're on the coast of oh, California. Isn't the big issue. And no, I'm talking about like our our cost of a house. You know, they say the, the right, you're, right, you're right. supposed to only spend this percentage on a, on your home every right. month. Everyone here spends way more than that percentage yeah. on your on your home. So does that does that decrease what they would say? You yeah, know, no, I, I compared to like Iowa or something. Yeah, yeah. I think it was just a kind of a quick rule of thumb for, yeah. you know, just kind of lay people going into it without any, right. you know, um, analytics. It's like your, sta- your like, Forbes article or whatever. I think, was it Forbes or what, what was it? That's a good I question. Forget. I don't remember. Yeah. Yeah. If, if, if it's not causing you any friction with your uh, significant other and you're happy, that's good. You're you're doing well. <laughs> yeah, and I, I would always buy a used car over a new car, um, unless there's some reason that you really need a new car. Or if it's like Toyota, where the used car values are as much as the new car values. Are they? Like Toyota pickups and stuff. Oh, wow. Well, if you're and if you're doing within like three years yeah. or something, yeah. yeah. Should I just move on? Or yeah. yes. Car fifty four. Does Brexit mean that there's going to be smoking deals on cars out of the UK? It's a good question. So now their economies right now, like the it, it well the day last week, the pound dropped by what ten yeah. percent. So you could you could get a deal right then. Doesn't Brexit change all the tariffs though? 
I know. Oh, because I know. it's harder to get into Europe. Yeah. And yeah. also, uh, I was thinking about harder to get cars out of the UK. Right. And what about all these auction companies that have all this, all these oh, auctions lined up? That's got to be so the rough. Pound is so critical to this. Yeah. And now, that's not worth it. I mean, man, it's we need some finance up. people going over there and figuring it out, like our buddy yes. who wrote in with that first question. What you should do is be a, a driving while awesome finance advisor. <laughs> yeah, but that's, a good, that's a good question. We'll all find yeah, out, I, guess. I, I think there's a bigger question though: is how much do the financial markets affect the automotive kind of you know investment car market? Sometimes not much. Sometimes, yeah. But then other times is like, holy shit, it's fire sale time. Get every everything. Everybody's dumping it. <laughs> yeah, right. I'd like to see. I think we need more time to assess that. Oh, he can wait. Yeah, for our answers. Yeah, please wait. We'll just sir. get back to him. Yeah. Kai Laud says, "Oh no, that's for Bierzio." Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. So Heel and Toe Apparel asks, "What's the car equivalent of the Instagram app icon redesign? I.e., uh, significant design change between generations of specific model." Your answer will depend on if you think the new icon is fresh hotness or fresh garbage. I'm solidly in the garbage camp. So Instagram changed their logo. A lot of people hated it. Uh, it's pretty lame. What? Uh, Dude, it, why what did they change it? Is good. I and I can't even find the new one. I'm like, which yeah. one is it? So is that purple thing? Or? So what car designs changed significantly and they totally sucked? That's a hard question on the spot. I well, if we think the new new Instagram logo sucks, which I if think it does yeah. suck. So one that just comes to mind right off the bat was the new Nissan Titan. Has anyone seen the new Titan? It looks like a Ford. It's just funky looking, and the I other one, really the old it. one, was pretty good. I don't know. Toyota truck. Very hot. T- oh, hot take. The Titan was like the most dead truck ever. So it was just kind of. Yeah, I think you see that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, nothing's coming to the top of my head. Right. Well, I, I would win. say you know the the '90s seven series to the early 2000s seven oh. series. The oh yeah, yeah. that's Bangle. a great call. Yeah, yeah, the E38 to whatever the next one Tatter. was. Yeah. The '90s yeah. is so beautiful. That yeah, wet if shit. they had just kept crafting that and like honing it, I know. Uh, good, good answer. That's a really so. Good one. Bangle is the new Instagram logo. Yeah. Yeah, nine nine three to nine nine six. Ooh, <laughs> I, I, yeah. I would agree. I would yeah, agree. Uh, yeah. But, you know, yeah. I mean, the, that's a good one. The one thing that actually I, I have, I mean, mentioned talking about Instagram. Like, actually, the icon doesn't really bother me. What bothers me is the new UI. Like you have this whiteness everywhere. Like yeah. it's like bright white surrounding photos. Like that's not conducive to actually like you always say this. But yeah, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Sure. You should start an app called Instagram Black. Instagram Black. Well, you you dig it? You think you're cool with it? No, I don't. I don't like their new. All that stuff, but I do think white looks good around photos a lot, okay. and 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 art and stuff. So I think a white a, a white mat looks really good. And art actually art surrounded by white, right? And now. I think every time, like when you do <laughs> artwork and stuff, you usually use a a, a light colored mat. Yeah, yeah. As and then a, yeah, a, a dark colored frame. Yeah, exactly. So like at an art gallery where yeah. it's always white yeah. and black. Yeah. Oh, mm. so the uh, contentious issue here. Right? <laughs> contentious <laughs> issue. No, yeah. that's good feedback. I I, I like agree, myself a, like a pale gray. <laughs> um, he yeah, likes I, a puce. A puce. Yeah, pumice. Uh, <laughs> All right. Yeah. Should we go to the next question? Do it. Yes, let's do it. Hushi Pushi. Given Warren's position on art modifying his M5, when will when will we see Warren's <laughs> E30? It's not fist pumps. Yeah, fist pumps from art. Uh, when will we see Warren's E30 return to its full original factory specification? Mm-hmm. Yes. Ah, calling you out. That's yes. a great calling question. If I owned an E30 M3, I would probably 
be willing to do that. Yeah. And since I have a base E30 with nothing, nothing special and built about it or the flagship of its time. Art has the M5. I'm, you would be trying to get to the M5. Yeah. Like the I'm regular to Joes to, have to I'm get to the I'm trying to get to, the, to an M5. Yeah. He's trying to take he it has to a factory modified to okay. to, to argue. I don't think his shift knob is hand-built. I know. <laughs> no, see, he, all his mods are, are reversible, and I know he's yeah. good like that, but my point is you have this special thing. It's an mm-hmm. M car. Mine is not an M car. Yeah. And people, like, crave to have that experience in a in this flagship sedan. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't if, know. I mean, we, you kind of, we, we kind of touched upon this last time. I feel like there's always compro- compromises made, right? Because for comfort, for whatever. So like yes. the throws are certain, uh, so long. They're, they use rubber bushings instead of spherical's because it's more comfortable. It's not. There's less. But don't you NBH. think at some like, point you want to kind of feel that old thing? I am. I, I think am. he still has that. He's yeah. just kind of massaging Enhancing. certain little areas. Sure. Yeah. And I'm saying with the caveat that it's all reversible. And yeah. I know you're you're into that, but. You even made a comment on one of your pictures of the front of the M5. You're like, the Ambers are staying. It's like, fuck yeah, they're yeah, staying. Absolutely. I mean, who would even like people that change that is? I don't, I don't get that at all. Like, the, wait, about LED. Are the lamps different in Europe? No, people call them Euro smoked or Euro whatever. Okay. But for some models, they were they are different colors. Yes. in Europe. Yes. Well, so a lot of times they the don't. So. Like the, and they won't have the side di- markers. Orange. Different specifications. They won't even have side markers. And like the ones that are integrated into the bumper belt line. Like yeah. those are all black there. They don't have anything like yeah. reflectors or whatever. Exactly. I did, uh, however, today see a rack of steering wheel covers, and I thought of you. Oh, oh yeah. You can get like the fake wood grain one. Oh, that'd be beautiful. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the one with sparkles. It says princess. And then air fresheners <laughs> in the vent slots. Oh yeah. You want a lot of those. A lot of those. Those are, they make you move fast, right? Right. <laughs> Anything else? I think Warren's making fun here. But, uh, uh, <laughs> I'm having fun, Brian. Okay. <laughs> Jeff Wise says, uh, what are some non-German cars that Lane he thinks me, are yeah. great cars? Yeah. Seems like he was hating on Stevie Jeezy's vet and Lotus last week. Yeah, yeah. Everything so, but German. I kind of... I I, no, I, I thought about this a little bit. I read I read I read Jeff's stupid question here, <laughs> and I thought about it a little bit. So, um, I think my definition of a great car is just a great. It it has to encompass the whole car, right? It's not just the handling's great. Which your Lotus is going to be a great handling car. The style it's fun to drive. It might not make it, you know, back from where you your destination, but. It's it's a cool car. It's a beautifully styled, or you know, in some ways, it's beautiful or cool or whatever. Um, a lot of the fit and finish sucks. All the build quality sucks. Sketchy uh, um, like body repairs. If you ever yeah, have a problem. exactly. So I wouldn't necessarily call them. I think your great cars are few and far between, and I think that like a uh, maybe like a fifties, forties Cadillacs are great cars mm-hmm. because they were built. They were trying to build something that was beyond, you know, anything else. They were trying to make the best car they could uh, for their budget rather than, like, pinching pennies well, that's and the thing. cost yeah. saving and all this stuff, which I think all the American companies did, I mean, from, you know, 19-whatever, 68 through basically five years ago I, I would say or even you know yeah. up till no, like last sure. year or something you know right around now they're they're starting to get up there and i would also say that like british leland and you know all those companies um 
they they were building their cars to what they could accomplish for what they with, with what they had the tools they had and basically they weren't you know they weren't they might have made beautiful cars but they weren't like great cars in so a I'm, lot of ways they might have been beautiful handling they might have had a cool engine that sounded beautiful and was a pleasure to drive but i don't think it was a great car overall and i think the germans for the most part throughout their history of of have strived to build great cars. So I think that's why I, I'm, I'm, and I think, um, the Japanese have made a few great cars. Like I think, you know, the NSX was like a, they really made a great car. The, the first, like the Lexus LSs, they were striving to make a great car and they really competed with Mercedes and all these companies. So I think that's where I'm coming from on that. Good answers. And, yeah. uh, yeah, I just, I just look at these, you know, I look at, uh, whatever your seventies, whatever, name your car, and y- you know uh, your Ford something, and if you restore that car, you're gonna replicate over overspray and and stuff. And I can't call that a great car, but you're replicating bad like panel gaps and overspray and and uh, well, one non-German car that you are a fan of is yeah. the Swedish. Yeah, Volvos or Sobs. You you're a fan of? Yeah, yeah. I don't know if any of those are great cars. You're also fond of Aston Martins. Right? They're beautiful. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Are they great cars? I don't know. I don't which think one so. are you talking about? I mean, baby? which one? I mean, the early I mean, ones. Is, you, I, I don't know. I don't I, have any I experience. Like, I mean, yeah. I can't. I can't. I I don't have experience driving driving a DB5 or something. But I mm-hmm. I love them. They're beautiful. Um, are they a great car? I I don't I don't know, but. Uh, this may be the title you know, of your they book. They still have Lucas, Lucas <laughs> great cars and with all that stuff. It's uh, <laughs> Lucas Electrics. I think they were, you know, yeah, that's beautiful. The Zagato yeah, for DB4 GT Zagato. But yes. you know, a lot of times, like like Ferraris, like I'll 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 deal with Ferrari stuff and really cool cars, like cool engines, all this stuff. You know, up till a five nine nine GTO, and I open the door panel. And uh, it's painted with like texture black paint all <laughs> inside the doors. And you're like, or not even texture black. It's like dull black paint. You're like, this thing's shitty. You know, it's not. It's not a great. <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah. But it's it's because of the definition, right? It's like I, I, the way I'm defining a great yeah. car, right? right? So if I'm if you're saying what's like the best driving car, dude. I mean, wh- who has the best driving cars, or who has the most beautiful cars, right. or who has this or that? I'm I'm encompassing great as like a, the overall vehicle itself. Yeah. So, uh, okay, good answer. So fuck yeah. you, Jeff. I'm satisfied. <laughs> Hopefully, Jeff's satisfied there because Lane's gonna beat him up if he's not. <laughs> um, all right. I'm searching through the BRZO questions. I think we're good. No, wait. There's a pretty good question here. Uh, oh, I mean, it's an okay question. Brief61 says, non-BRZO question, did any of you catch Magnus's new show on history? Thoughts? And nope. have we hit peak Magnus yet? <laughs> is, is there going to be a, bu- a Magnus bubble? Is that, is that, is that, is that is the bu- Magnus bubble? That was a long time ago. The next car he buys goes down in value. <laughs> God, man. <laughs> I have you guys... Okay, who's I, seen yeah. it? Warren? Nope. All right. I DVR'd it, but I haven't watched it yet. Phil? Negative. Lane? No, uh, I don't have history. Oh, I watched half of it. I'm the only one that's oh, watched sweet. any. Um, How was it? It's all right. So Rod Emery was on it, Bill Goldberg. Who's the uh, Who's the target audience? Like non-car people that they're trying to like show... I don't know. What car, semi-car people. Or is it like for us? It's semi-car people. 
You know what's interesting is that all these shows kind of hit this pinnacle where they go off of YouTube onto like networks. Yes. And then it just like loses the audience. It's like Wayne's like, World. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Noah's Arcade. Noah's Arcade. <laughs> well, so like Jay Leno's Garage, once it went on to NBC, I'm not going to watch that. I watch it on YouTube. It's pretty bad. You know. Yeah. Like, it is pretty bad. Like, I watched it. The Drive my... Network, once it went on to yeah. whatever, yeah. I have no clue what they It's do. a totally different segment. Like, yeah. It, ru- it kind of ruins it, too. They make it more uh, polished and less way more production details in the car stuff yeah, way right. more production okay. value yeah, drive yeah. Literally, i've never though. seen them off of yeah. youtube yeah i'm a fan of drive tv though like actually i did watch last season like the full the full season yeah yeah i watched them. it was good i mean on, it, on it, television on tv because yeah, i was usually like but it wasn't as good as like what you would watch on drive mm, yeah i don't know it, it was like almost like sh- abbreviated versions of it okay well and so you're it's like watching to... top gear when they would have it on on our, our you know on US, when oh, yeah, they would when air they, it here and it would be value? it would be cut up. Right? Oh, that it would, would be, be. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. Was, yeah. It was kind of like, it's kind of like that. Yeah, yeah. BBC Oof. America killed it. Yeah. Uh, so wait, so, so the Magnus Show is it about finding cool roads or what is it? No, about? It's, it's, like, about, it's it's basically an interview show. It's called the Perfect he Road. Goes, right? Yeah, it's called the Perfect Road. He drives his two seventy seven car around and meets up with people, basically who have cars, dreadlocks, and, so it's like, and cars getting coffee. <laughs> yeah, without the com- comedy, basically. <laughs> uh, so it's just another one of those shows where they're profiling famous people with cars, mm-hmm. which is kind of annoying, really. Like, yeah. when I watch it, I'm like, man, like, the DWA version would be, like, regular people, like, fitting cars in their life and doing rad shit or something. Like, for, the famous people part just, like, does not interest me at all. Like, yeah, I was a little bummed with the, that I heard, you know, Bill Goldberg was on so the first So he's the one first one, and, yeah. and it's like, it's pretty lame, dude. You know, you, he, Magnus rolls up. I know he's a car about, guy and stuff, but. And yeah, he's got a car collection. But how many but times really, have I heard about. It's hard to relate to, and then you can just tell by the way he's talking, it's just, like, I. I don't know. It's not. It doesn't fit with the same sort of enthusiasm that we have for cars. Mm-hmm. It's like he buys some because he wants to do this thing, and he like supports the troops with this like special car that's yeah. rare. It's like whatever. That's a story, but I'm not really interested in it as a car guy. Yeah. Uh, and then what they do is, uh, and overall, actually, let me just say that it seems like it has potential to be a decent show compared to the other crap that's out there that's car related. Yeah. Like. Going up to watching that, you're watching these ones about these Vegas guys overhauling cars. And it's like, <laughs> so counting bad. Hours. Yes, that's yeah. the one. It's counting so bad. Yeah, and yeah. so then this Magna show comes on, and you're like, rad, you know, like he's rolling up in his 277-911, and it's all dirty. Like they didn't even clean it for these, like, you know, good shots that they're getting. Shows him cruising around the back roads. He's totally preaching the same thing that you would expect, like get out and drive, which is great. And so even when he goes up to talk to Bill Goldberg, you know, Goldberg's got this uh uh shell this cobra for him to drive but magnus is all about like let's just jump in and drive it and like you know go down this little airstrip that he has um and so there's kind of a cool the the intention is good but uh yeah it's just you know they meet they do an interview they drive some back roads i will say that it's kind of funny to me that they'll obviously they had the roads closed or something but they're like crossing over the double yellow line non-stop on the back roads which I'm like, I'm well, sure they have a that's budget like a and they good have, way. They have please close the road. I'm sure, but what message is that sending? And if this sure is the point. TV personality of the stuff that we like to do, it's making us look really irresponsible. 
like no no one that I know is crossing over w, double yellow lines all the time, you know? Yeah, like I know they're like apexing every <laughs> turn. Yeah. Uh, so no, you allegedly. You know, one thing is like Top Gear took like 10 years to get good. Right. And I don't know if in the current society, any of these shows are going to get 10 years. To no get one. Good. They don't right. get that much time. And plus yeah. that was BBC, which yeah. is like publicly funded. Yeah, stuff, like you so. watch some of those early, early Top Gears, yeah. like with the, um, like the skyline. Uh huh. It's kind of bad. Yeah. <laughs> but it, I think it took 10 years to get good, and then it got bad for five You know, yeah. it went more mass. They yeah. even went more mass yeah. where but, it, it went away from me, the car guy. Yeah. And that's like any new show, though, where you have a cast of characters, and there's room for them to develop, like, a rapport. Personality and rapport. Personalities yeah. can come up, and, like, you know, the characters play off each other. There's not room for that with this Magnus show. It's just an interview show, which is going to get boring pretty quickly. So you quickly. have like, to like Magnus. You have to like Magnus, and then they've got to find a million people for him to interview. And yeah. it's like... You know, like I saw the, like I said, I only got halfway through, but I did see the Rod Emery one, and I know a little bit of his history and his family history. It's like super cool, like everything yeah, that he's doing. Super cool. They, his dad invented the Baja Bug, basically, and all that rad stuff. But how many of those are you gonna find? You know, and I've already, you know, as a car guy, I already already read all that stuff. That's but, the thing. Yeah, you have already heard all the interviews with Rod. So. That's why these shows have to appeal to non-car people yeah. because the the audience for the the real car guy is so small too, and we already know about you know we've heard interviews with Rod and it's, we know all this stuff, so they need to appeal to the the masses. Right? Yeah. So we'll see. I'm, I'm interested to hear how it goes. I think it does have potential. Uh, it is kind of fun to see it. It's almost like Instagram come to life because it's a lot of the people that we follow, you know, and. All of a sudden, now you're seeing them walking, talking, and driving, and everything, and that's kind of cool. And <laughs> are you saying they're real people? <laughs> yeah, I've had uh, in-laws tell me that um, how cool uh, counting cars is. Oh and no! I, did what? I see that one episode? <laughs> <laughs> what is the one that the Miami one with like the couple? That one's horrendous. Oh, so bad. Yeah, I yeah. watched a couple episodes just to, just to give it a whirl. Yeah, bad. I because I was going to say though, like you, you guys were talking about Top Gear. I actually really like early Top Gear, like in a campy sort of way. Me too. You know? The yeah. early yeah. Jeremy Clarkson yeah, super, stuff. Yeah, it's, it's fro great. And... Like, yeah, with the fro. Like, I remember <laughs> yeah. the one where he does, a, what is it, the 928 or something. You know, just yeah. like early. I mean, it's cool. <laughs> yeah. I like it. Yeah. I, I actually dig it. But it doesn't have all this crazy over-the-top <laughs> filters and storyline. It's just like him just talking shit, having a good time. It is like but a time really, capsule kind of. It's, like it's, like, it's kind of why thing. we watch Motor Week. Yes. I've been watching a lot of Motor Week. I love Motor Week. And it's like early, it's like YouTube stuff. Basically, it's less produced, right? Yes. Yeah, less yeah. produced. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah, or produced in a weird, funky '90s way. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The thing is, if you're watching Motor Week in 1982 and you're looking at some like Mustang, something other, you're, you're you're gouging your eyes out. It's just looking back. You're just like, yeah, that's yeah. pretty funny. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. Oh, it's great. Yeah, and right. I love the the in Motor Week. They're like the back seats are really small, and it shows the guy like ah, <laughs> and he's doing this animated like I can't fit. Yeah, yeah I always like how they title the segments like Porsche from Panama. Oh. It's like some <laughs> stupid. I don't even know what they're referencing. Or yeah. I, I think the best one that I I saw. I don't even remember what car it was. Is it, they're like yeah, it stops pretty good, except it always turns right when you stop. <laughs> yeah. oh, that, why would you sell that yeah, that's, car? That's normal. I that's know. normal. 
normal, right? Like the stuff that, that was just acceptable back yeah, then. Yeah, it was yeah. totally acceptable. It was totally well, fine. Just turn a little left. Yeah, like, or like so much more fodder for a j- car journalist. Like where nowadays, like everything's great. You <laughs> yeah. know, all yeah. the functions it's were fine. There's like nothing f- to say. Uh, yeah, now they're like the steering is very precise, but I don't have quite the great yeah. like, feel. Back then, they had real issues. Oh, it's, like, the, it's gnarly. <laughs> I think it's also because there's so many more shared components now. It's like everyone uses the yeah. same uh, ZF transmission. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, no so, doubt. Yeah, I, I love I, I love how like the, the the speed right is like the, the for example the quarter mile times or the zero to sixty times like in a brisk eight point five seconds <laughs> and that's like ridiculously slow now yeah, right it's like yeah. it, it's just funny I love that shit yeah Motor Week's fantastic it is good and all the tires that they had back then you know like the oh the, the sporty yeah, yeah the, the uh, low profile one ninety five fifty five seriously fifties were so low profile so low profile yeah. Then, yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's worth watching. Okay. And, uh, I will say that it's not overdone. Like there's an opportunity with shows like that where they like put too much flourish on it and like build the stories up to be bigger than they really need to be. They put some acting or something. Yeah. Like, like this is Jay Leno's garage on TV or on, you know, on, on network. It, they do this like I, I watch this one. It's like his car blows up in a time. Oh, and he comes yeah, walking geez. out. And you're like, oh, oh geez, this is so, so there's bad. none of that. It's basically like they drive up, meet up, like do a little yeah, thing, yeah. and then he's out, which I can respect. That's that. cool. Yeah. The new comedians and cars getting coffee season is excellent. So oh man, that. I have I only saw first season and I loved it, and I haven't so watched good. it since. So I got a lot. Mm. Just waiting. The Cosmo. Me. Oh sweet. Um. All right, we got a couple more. Do we have time for it? I don't know. Let's see. Mark II, Camasled, Mark II, VW GTI, 8-valve versus 16-valve engine. I've had both and kind of prefer the 8-valve. Am I crazy? No, you are genius. Warren loves the 8-valve, Camasled. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's never... basically like half a uh, small block V8. That's... <laughs> What? <laughs> That's what it sounds like and feels like. Sounds like oh, it's they a four are cylinder. They're torquey. It's a four cylinder. It's torqueier than the sixty. Yeah. yeah. Two valve per cylinder. Yeah. It's got that kind of like clatter, torquey, beefy feel. Simple, beefy. Yes. And if you put a Shrek cam in it and straight exhaust and Shrek, yeah. maybe some Nology hot wires and oh, some yeah. teddy bear Ronalds. This is the limit. But Warren's doing all this because it's not a 16-valve. See, if it was a 16-valve, <laughs> you wouldn't be able to modify it because it's no, too no, special. No, no, no. If it was a Callaway. Yokohama, AVS. <laughs> all the difference in interference on this? Uh, I don't know, actually. Ooh. Uh, the I, A-valve's not interference, right? I, probably. I, I, I would guess. They seem pretty, like, kind of low, not very stressed. Right. Yeah, yeah, I, I can't remember. Non-interference engines. Yeah. yeah. It's just so much less But also, stress. but do you do you prefer a certain type of, like, engine or characteristic, right? Do you prefer, like, something that you wind out and it has, like, that sewing machine feel versus something that's kind of beefy and just, you just kind of, you, you don't have to redline. You just kind of are always in the in the meat, I think so if, to speak. If I'm going to be flogging it, it's got to be non-interference. Hmm. That that's well. That's, what about that take that out works. of the equation? What if they're both non-interference motors? Hmm. That's a good question. I hadn't thought about that. I, so do I you like a, an S two thousand, or do you you know do you like that kind of characteristic, or do you like more of like a Chevy V eight? Yeah, I think I like the kind of beefy down low. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Torque monsters. Yeah. Yeah, and there's definitely. I mean, it's kind of hard to see where it fits in, but mentally, I really appreciate bulletproof motors. Like if it's more simple, and I can flog it. Like I just feel better flogging it. Yeah, it also looks more simple when you open the hood. Right. There's it's something to be said about elementary that. Elementary four cylinder. Yeah. Yeah. But I. But but I. Don't you like the way a dual overhead cam looks though? Like that's sexy yeah, too. That too. It's stuff. Yeah. To, I mean, you can't lose. 
We yeah. can say that. I don't, I'm not going to say the 16 valve is a bad option, but if I'm looking at ads and yeah. one's an 8 valve versus 16, I'm always more excited when it's an 8 you valve. You know, I feel like the 8 valve matches the character of that car. Just the way that that car was built and what its purpose was. Kind of simplistic. Like simple, basic transportation that's fun suspension. And, and your, you know, your GTI Mark II was a 16-valve. I had a 2-liter 16-valve. Yeah. That, that car was super fun. What's the difference in redline on those two? I, I don't know. Because I know, I like, be even the 8-valve, you're winding those things out every shift. Yeah, and you don't really have to. <laughs> it's either, not like they're... But, but yeah. you, you kind of are. Yeah. Or I I I would I was like, well, probably like sixty five hundred versus seven or something. Right? Yeah, like yeah. So it's not it's not yeah. crazy. I the sixteen valve two liter was a super fun motor to play with though. I mean that that you know, I like driving. It was them both, nice but, to rev up. Yeah. I don't think they're very comp. I mean, rel- I mean, yeah. Of course, you have another cam. There's a little bit more added complexity, but I don't. It's not where because they're so, they're so simple. So, Art, you prefer the sixteen? I don't, I'm going back and forth on it too. I I get the appeal of the simplicity and the eight valve, and I and I like torquey stuff. Like, and the irony here is that like, especially going back to back here between the nine nine three, I drove the nine nine three down today. It's way torquier all the way through. It does have that linear power band too, but it's way meatier everywhere. And the M five, you have to wind out. Like, it's just you have to. To be up in the revs to actually drive it like in like spiritedly right and actually get some fun out of it otherwise it's it seems very kind of underwhelming so um i don't know dude it's tough i mean i i, I think it depends on what type of driving i'm doing right like like for for just kind of cruising around like i can see the appeal of having something that's torquey but to actually be like pushing the car like i like to rev so like out. around town stoplight to stoplight the eight valves really fun yeah but on your favorite mountain road, the 16 dollars probably yeah, a little more on the track. Engine, yeah, like I actually like so you know th- speaking of, of of redlining and and going to redline and revving your engine out rather. Uh, so I I went to see where my uh, rev limit is on the M5 because uh, I, it has a Dynan chip and apparently you know they usually change the redline probably like uh, 500 uh, or the rev or limit or whatever. Yeah. So I went and uh, it makes peak power at seven grand, but I revved it to 7500 and it felt really good up there and it sounded amazing. Uh, but you know, it's it's one of those things where like I I almost want to keep going. You know, like I love just like winding out an engine so much. It's so rad. Like, just it's, try it. Uh, well, no, I'm not going to try it with this engine. Um, and actually, uh, sorry, um, advice well, no. from Brian. Okay, stop, 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 stop. <laughs> It has a rev limiter, right? Yeah, but it's it, it's fragile. So I mean, that's the thing. We're not fragile. The rev limiter is fragile. Sketchy. No, no, the engine. It's a it's it's an old, very expensive give you that. lump of of metal. And I <laughs> just throw, I don't want to blow it up. And I've read about just throw an eight valve Volkswagen so, in there. You're gonna be yeah, good. So what I've then read you don't is have to that worry. apparently um, uh, the, the the engines are can technically rev up to eight grand very safely. Like the valve train safe. Like the engine can do it. But the damper, like the crank uh, in the front, uh, the uh, what is it? The harmonic um, balance. The harmonic balance. Like that. It, it'll. It'll. The whole Explode. fucking. Um, what's the word I'm looking for here? The crank I think pulley. you just shouldn't do it. Basically. Crank pulley. No. Like, try it. Is, is known. <laughs> the crank pulley is known to fly off like uh, before the engine goes. So okay. uh, I'm not gonna fuck with it. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, long story short, I like to rev my engines out if I get the opportunity <laughs> to. So I, I wish my. Not Nine nine three, earth shattering uh, knowledge from art. Yeah, I wish <laughs> I wish my nine nine three, uh, you know, revved higher. Sure, but I mean, I I enjoy its, you know, the meatiness too. I don't know, whatever. Uh, <laughs> is that the end of the questions? I mean, I think yeah, that's I think pretty we're solid. good. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining us, Phil. Pleasure. You, you should join us again. Yeah, come back next time. We'll do. <laughs> um, and to all those listening, uh, submit your questions on Instagram when you see our. Uh, 
post. Yeah. <laughs> I keep calling Lane out, too, because that's pretty funny. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> and you call me out, too. Yeah. With your LED turn signals. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and call him out on a Chevy V8 Volkswagen. Half. Oh, yeah, half. Half. <laughs> it's four cylinders. That was a really bold claim. <laughs> hey, my, my GTI was badass. <laughs> Right. Later. I don't even know what to say. Later. Rate us, rate us, review us. Bye. Peace. Oh, yeah, rate us and review Call us. us. <laughs>